So after a summer break of our own, we're back. Doesn't seem like we missed much. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going wheel to wheel as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! Ha 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 ha. So witty. Knowingly looks to the camera. I know. <laughs> it's just typical. We're like, oh, we'll have a, a really short break. Nothing happens in Hungary. Silverstone's the most boring thing. And then and then there's enough mm. drama to supply us for the next sort of three or four weeks of podcasts alone. Yeah, for sure. I mean, while Max Verstappen wants us and seemingly everybody to stop talking about the events, I feel like we've got to start off with that crash at Culp's, you know, Sector 2. Uh, lap one, an aggressive fight between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. And it resulted in Lewis Hamilton being on the inside of the corner, Max Verstappen on the outside, and the front left tags Verstappen. He goes hurtling into the wall. He's later admitted to hospital on a precautionary measure. What do we make of that huge uh, cataclysmic event for Red Bull and Max Verstappen? I want to know whether or not the general consensus in this this podcast is that Hamilton is at fault. Oh, I'm I'm inclined. You know what? I'm inclined to say racing incident. Honestly. Same. I, th- yeah. I think Same. that's what I, I think, said right, at the time. Here's here's what the way I've summed it up to other people is racing incident, but it was made worse by the, by the fact that Hamilton went on to win the race, and the fact that Max went to hospital. Um, I think they the stewards almost felt like they had to give a penalty to Hamilton just to yeah. quell some of the outrage. Um, cough, Christian Horner. Um, <laughs> but I think oh, I don't know. I think Verstappen could have given him more room. Hamilton could have steered closer to the apex. Um, I think, to be honest, a racing incident. But just purely the fact that, like I said, um, Max had ended up in hospital and it was a massive crash. I think made it worse or look worse. Yeah, I agree. So I'm I'm controversially very closely tied, I think, to the stewards, right? Because if it was a racing incident, it would have been a, a penalty. And uh, I think the, the, the weird thing about this crash is whatever you think kind of beforehand of Hamilton's um, positioning gets undermined by his later decision to back out with Charles Leclerc. Because he repeats the move later on and uh, with, with Charles Leclerc and decides to stay much closer to the wall and um, not <laughs> sideswipe Charles Leclerc. So as a result of that, I think that Hamilton was, you know, certainly in his mind's eye positioned incorrectly when it came to Verstappen. Because if he wasn't, he would have repeated the same thing when it came to Leclerc. So I, I think that's sort of that's a little bit of controversy with the Verstappen incident because it's quite clear that Hamilton could have backed out. Now, I think well, the thing I take the most issue with is as what is, is what you say, Angus, when it comes to the penalty they gave to Hamilton, because he did impact someone else's race and he did quite severely damage another car by, let's face it, punting ham uh punting verstappen out because he was his positioning was wrong and his positioning was wrong because he chose not to be positioned there when it came to charles leclerc right so if you follow that line of thought which is how i've ended up at this conclusion i think they should have given him a 10 second stop go because the red flag under undermined 
the um the penalty which Hamilton would have ha- would have got if I he had agree. had to go in and be pitted immediately. So I, this is the the kind of the problem that I, I have in my head when it comes to this racing incident was Hamilton was kind of more at fault because he wasn't way ahead of Verstappen going into the corner. And then because of the red flag, he basically didn't get penalised for it. It would be like Bottas this weekend at Hungary getting no penalty either because he just got himself out of the race. Well, hold on a minute. It doesn't work like that. You still cause quite a lot of damage. and Therefore, you should be penalised accordingly. But as a, as a counter to that, I'd say that Verstappen wasn't really at fault because... As you see with the steering, he knows that Hamilton's on his inside. He goes to steer in more aggressively, then tries to correct himself. But at that point, it's a bit too late. And I think, really, the fact that the crash between Hamilton and Leclerc was avoided at the end is also thanks to Leclerc himself. Granted, he you know, went a bit one way, shall we say, more ways than one, and went off the track. But he, in my view, showed a lot more sort of intelligence and um, was far less aggressive than I think Verstappen was. And I completely understand why Verstappen took that line because, as you say, he was slightly ahead and, you know, you're not going to give up um, pole position or, you know, the, the number one spot. So for that reason, I think that, I think it was uh, Otmar Safna, the, um, the principal or head of Aston Martin said, this is a racing incident. And to be fair, I agree with him because I think that both drivers could have done a bit more. Yes, Hamilton could probably have been a bit more over to the right, but, but Verstappen was also quite uh, aggressive and ruthless with his line, which ultimately meant he was tagged. And, you know, it was a, a heck of a crash, as we saw by Verstappen being in hospital, but there wasn't actually that much contact from Hamilton. It was more of a tag than an actual, you know, boot, shall we say, if you're looking at, say, Lance Stroll's one, which was, yeah, we'll, we'll go on to that, but that's my view. I think that um, just going back to the, the start before the incident, I would say that even before any of that happened, both of them were driving more aggressively than I've ever seen. You know, I think that it was bound to happen unfortunately something you know I didn't know who was going to do what and how it was going to happen but I knew almost immediately you know that that was gonna that was gonna occur because the way they were racing obviously Hamilton being at home I think the crowd that crowd was incredible I feel like we need to just shout that out the you know the reception that they gave the British drivers and everyone was absolutely amazing to listen to and it kind of gave you chills we'll come moving on to talking about Williams later but you know when when George made Q3 at Silverstone the the crowd honestly it was it was insane so for that reason i think hamilton was obviously incredibly spurred on and i think verstappen too you know this is when the championship was so so tight and obviously it still is um it meant so much you know imagine beating hamilton at his home race and imagine hamilton wanting to win at his home race so there was so much riding on it and as soon as they started racing i thought oh my god <laughs> this is going to end badly and it did and i think i yeah, at the time and I'm still now really, I, I said racing incident when anyone asked me, um, it was, well, if it didn't happen then, it probably would have happened two corners later with someone else doing something. So I, I don't think that there should have been the same amount of blame that there was on Hamilton that was being shared around online and and elsewhere. And I think as well, you're right about how the because Hamilton because Verstappen ended up in hospital it was deemed far far worse an incident like obviously it was bad enough thank god he was okay but because of it I think that the penalties they need to issue the penalties as if no one was hurt because if you issue them off of what the outcome of the incident was it's 
it's not quite fair. Do you know what I mean? It's quite hard to explain. But um, I think that you can be easily swayed by the fact, obviously, awfully, he ended up in hospital and absolutely no one wants to see that. And it was scary for a moment, like it always is when they don't show the incident straight away. Um, but I think that doesn't change, you know, looking at the incident itself, the, the outcome of what happened shouldn't change the way that they, they think about that. But I was happy with the penalty that Hamilton got, to be honest. I think he, he did it, he took it and he showed his class by coming back through the pack. Um, and I, and to be honest, I wasn't very impressed with Max Verstappen on social media afterwards. Um, I can't understand how he doesn't have someone in his team that would proofread his post before they go out. Um, <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> no, I'm not really. <laughs> um, but I think that he, um, that was that was silly. And I don't think you would get, you know, someone the levels of le- maturity levels of Lewis doing that. But we forget Max is 23. You know, he's so young, but I think of him as one of the older drivers because of his, his level, his skill level and how he's fighting for a championship. But anyway, to conclude, they, you know, they both made mistakes. They were both driving far too aggressively because of their own emotions. And, you know, it was very exciting. It brought a lot of interest to the to the sport for people who weren't fans. And, you know, every, thankfully everyone was OK and then sort of move on from there. That's sort of how I feel about it. I think there's two points we have to pick up from 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 what you said Liv and the first one is objectively assessing a a an impact and it's always difficult to do but I think my problem is with the 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 the, the actual collision between Ham, uh, Hamilton and Verstappen and I'm not a fan of either driver as a McLaren fan I don't really care who, which one of them comes out of it on top what annoys me is the fact that Hamilton braked late and you know he braked late because it's when it's down at the very end at the braking zone when Hamilton comes up alongside Verstappen and that's the question that I I ask myself is is do you allow a driver to get off lightly if they force their own car to understeer into another driver and that's what happened because if you've got Hamilton on the right and Verstappen on the left then at some point the cars are gonna have to cross over um and so this is what kind of annoyed me about this scenario is I don't think the punt was justified by the fact that Hamilton came up alongside Verstappen because he did it right at the end when Verstappen was breaking. And then even if you just, just you know, ignore the fact it was a big crash and then you, you look about the fact that he just pushed another car off the, off the track, even if Verstappen spun, you know, and lost places like that, then we, we still had a scenario that because of, Verstappen impacting the barrier there was a red flag and because there was a red flag Hamilton actually damage limited his own penalty to the point where there effectively wasn't one and again it's that weird scenario where we keep finding Hamilton making a mistake but for some reason being able to craft his his way back through the field through you know relatively good luck that kind of undermines the penalty system in in my mind i do get what you mean do do any of you concur with christian horner's comments helmut marco's comments jonathan wheatley's comments from red bull that cops is not an overtaking spot what about you angus well, I mean, if you take it at face value, it is because Hamilton overtook the club at the end of the race. <laughs> but um, I mean, I know he had to go off the track, but I still don't buy that because you've seen great battles in the past. I don't know if you um, you remember, I think it was 2014 when Alonso and Vettel had that mad race-long battle. 
I think Vettel finally managed to put the move on him, like by. I mean, they were like very much alongside, but you can overtake at cops um, if there's like enough room there, and if there's like. I mean, one driver does have to give a bit because it is still a flat out corner, but it is possible, and you can still like. I think I think probably the only problem is if it's perhaps less of an overtaking effect because if, for example, it was followed by, if it wasn't followed by Maggots and Beckett's then it would be more of an overtaking place because if you overtake a cops, it's impossible to follow through Maggots and Beckett's, um, which is probably why Hamilton was thinking, like, this is my moment, because if he doesn't get past there, he can't follow through Maggots and Beckett's, and then you're onto the hangar straight, which, like, is an overtaking spot, but you're too far back. So, like, it is an overtaking spot in the right circumstances, so I'm not entirely sure those comments are true. Um... But yeah, I also I think going back to what Liv said earlier about the fact that it just looked like they were going to crash. Like honestly, can we can we we got do have to say something up until the cops that first forty seconds of the race where they were wheel by wheel, by wheel pretty much the whole time was some of the most insane racing I've seen in a long time. That like, literally banging wheels on the on the Wellington straight, wheel to wheel. Verstappen just got like, go. Verstappen had a poor start, but he still got around the outside of turn one. Um, and yeah, like I mean, it was something was going to give, whether it was that day or whether it was the rest of the season. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say that Cops is not an overtaking place. I'd say you can overtake there in the right circumstances. But it's just that, like we said earlier, like neither driver was going to give, um, and in and what happened happened basically. You can't be, you can't have two drivers that aggressive and then <laughs> this play out really nicely. And uh, I think that's, I think. You know, if if you want to reinterpret Christian Horner's words to something that's perhaps more true, is is it's an unlikely overtaking space, um, and it's definitely one for the for the brave of heart, shall we say? Mm. Which I think makes the impact between the two drivers even more controversial because if it was any other two drivers, perhaps one of them would have said, "Nah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna see if I can DRS them or undercut them." And so I think this is where we we have to draw the line between sort of the tribalism that seems to be appearing in Formula One, which is bizarre because I don't know, I'm not invested in either Verstappen or, or Hamilton. So I think like either one of them is going to win this one. And that's fine as long as my beloved McLaren comes in third. Um, so it, it, like just from an objective point of view, like, I, you know, I look at that corner and think, well, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're going to go for it, you've got to make sure that you're not going to endanger yourself and other, you know, anyone else, and therefore because you did, and because you did cause the problems, then you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta take the rough with the smooth. And Hamilton got it wrong. And if it was Verstappen who hit Hamilton, he would have got it wrong. So he was, you know, Hamilton was brave to do it. He was even, you know, he was so brave to do it. Then he didn't even do it when it came to Leclerc. And actually, he he let Leclerc make the mistake and and get past like that. So that it, it's all this context that makes this such a weird collision between them. Because as you say, the first like 15, 20 seconds of the race was absolutely nail biting. You know, I leaned, I I I was sort of leaning in, thinking they're gonna they're gonna hit and you know they're gonna take each other out. And perhaps with the amount of drama that this has caused it would have actually been better if they both got taken you out. You make a good point, Tristan, that you mentioned how, if, you know, with Leclerc, he didn't do that. He didn't take that risk. But I really think, kind of limping back to what I said, it, it, 
is the emotion between the two of them this year is is unlike we've, anything we've seen in quite a long time because of obviously how much Lewis has just been dominating things. They it's different when they race each other to when they race anyone else like it means more and that's really exciting to have our like to have drivers like the passion that you know maybe we haven't had for a little while and for fans you know what amazing season especially as you mentioned you know as mclaren fans as, as we are kind of as a group and also williams fans and everything you know it's fantastic to see the two top teams battling out because for us it's a win-win like this is fantastic we, we don't know what we're going to see every week between the top teams and that's exciting so i think that just i mean moving away from the incident just talking about the two of them and battling um this season as a whole like we're so fortunate to have that and obviously as long as no one gets badly hurt i mean i i encourage them to keep fighting and you know it just adds more fuel to the fire doesn't it and netflix are gonna absolutely love it <laughs> and unfortunately though I, I've, I've sort of found that this whole event has really stirred up a lot of vitriol with Inside F1 as well. I mean, some of the comments that I've you know, seen from one team to another, what was it, I think, Christian Horner called um, Hamilton an amateur. And there, there was other, as well, there was that um, sort of, uh, I can only sort of similar sort of think of a similar scenario when you have footballers surrounding a referee or a fourth official saying, oh, you better be dealing with this appropriately. How dare this driver do this type of thing in the middle of the race? I'm quite glad to see, looking exactly or particularly at this uh, event at Silverstone, that they've now banned, actually, uh, teams talking to the FAA mid-race because I think some of the comments there and that whole sort of environment and atmosphere only sort of whips up more hatred and ill feeling between you know two two really great drivers two maybe of the best drivers we're going to see in our generation so i i'm glad to see that everything sort of simmered down a bit more from this event but um it did get quite nasty and i thought the flexi wing was going to be the big mm. controversial point from this season but um seems that this has replaced it albeit in a in a short-term fashion you're um you're right about the nastiness though because then did you see about how the letter or something that well, obviously <laughs> Red Bull then started presenting evidence, including Alex Albon, the poor boy, having to <laughs> recreate the oh, recreate yeah. the action at Silverstone, in, um, um, so which is hilarious, bless him. Um, but they when they issued this 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 statement and this and this evidence, and it was it was refused. Mercedes then replied with a with a statement out on social media and said some quite strong words about how Red Bull were trying to sort of. Um, not defame that, but you know Lewis's image and as a person on and off track and all this, and it cl so it clearly got deep. And I've got to say that I don't think Red Bull helped at all in that situation with mm. the hate that Lewis received. Red Bull they didn't stir it up, but they certainly didn't help because of the things that they were saying. I think that it's the team's responsibility to you know to act like sensible people and they are they're so childish like christian and toto like when toto was like uh, i sent you an email <laughs> michael <Manley. laughs> and i don't check my emails during the race um but things like that like they are proper children at the end of the day they they are team managers of some you know you know two of the top teams in the sport they they need to behave and they they are not helping the situation and so i hope that that improves going forward because that was poor from red bull yeah. i thought Ch childish it was Tri tribalism is yeah. not something that i that we've seen in the sport perhaps for a very long time. And I think this is because there was only a, an all-dominant driver. And even looking back at Rosberg versus Hamilton, it was it kind of felt like there were the Hamilton fans and then the people who just didn't want Hamilton to win for a while fans. Mm -hmm. um, and and now we've got kind of a, a, 
a level of fight between two drivers that it seems to be bubbling up to a bit like Prost versus Senna or Hunt versus Lauda. You've got there is something different yeah. when it's two teams, and as a result, we are getting people are getting really defensive, and this is I think where the real hate inflammatory comments are coming from and this is why we're now attracting people into the sport that perhaps aren't even fans you know just want to be there to to say something racist or say something inflammatory or whatever um Mm -hmm. because there is now an opportunity to get their pretty you know nasty comments heard and and get people to pile on that bus so i think what we need to do is as fans is is engage in proper debates like like what we do, you know, have a have a conversation. Yeah. Is this person right? Is this person wrong? But at the end of the day, you kind of got to separate yourself a little bit and compartmentalize the sport and the rivalry and whatever, and ensure that it's fun and engaging. Yeah, it's it's so good for the sport this year. Honestly, I, I'm I'm trying to think of the last time. Like honestly, this year I feel I've been just <laughs> absolutely mental in terms of like the on track action, and obviously now you've got because as well the script you have for this year is if you think of like the script of sort of like many for example many movies or books you have the you have a king and you have the pretender to his crown and you we literally have that this year um and i feel like if verstappen gets over the line this year and wins that first title that could like this could be the changing of the guard kind of thing um but you're right in that whilst the rivalry is so intense and it's incredible and part of, small part of me does love the the Christian Horner Toto Wolf beef. Part of me does love it. Um, at the same time, it doesn't excuse people being like inflammatory and sort of getting all worked up about it and having um, reactionary judgments, etc. Like life moves on, and you know, just because you're salty that your favourite driver got taken out of turn one at the Hungara ring, doesn't mean that you have to do something stupid or say something stupid or commit an action you might later regret. Um, and at some maybe the summer the summer breaks come at a good time in that the, as in the F one summer break, in that people will just like calm down a bit. We'll reconvene in what is it four weeks in Spa and then we'll just we'll go again. But for now, just yeah, mm. little break. Mm-hmm. This is a whole other diversion, but don't you think that sports fans have just proved to be the worst <laughs> in recent months with the football, football and everything as well? Oh. Yeah. sports fans are the worst There's, it's the sport is the best thing but also sometimes a really really bad thing <laughs> so you know it's about combating that but you know anyway <laughs> let's not get into- some people around my 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 town right they um they went to every single white marking on the road like the zebra crossings and they painted a, a red cross in the middle to mm-hmm. make England fans, which as you can oh, see, God. or as you can appreciate now that we're like two month, two weeks on or a month on from whatever, and we came second, aged beautifully as there is now uh, the St. George's Cross plastered all over the, um, over the road. I mean, what twonks, honestly, <laughs> like wh- who goes, oh, hey, look, there's a little white triangle. I'll turn that into a flag. It's not even square. Who's heard of a St. George's Triangle? <laughs> so from one mercedes crash to another we're now looking at the bottas crash at hungary a wet start everyone was on intermediate tires and i actually funnily enough called this i've got no evidence (laughs) to substantiate this with but knowing bottas's very poor starts i said uh, to my brother bottas is going to get a very poor start here not thinking he'd crash into the back of norris and take out perez but yes he slid down to fifth broke far too late 
and it resulted in what can only be described as a domino effect, which resulted in Esteban Ocon securing his first ever Formula One win. What do we make of the, the sort of um, crash by both Bottas and Lance Stroll, who came from 12th and rocketed into the side of uh, Charles Leclerc? Snooker. Bowling. <laughs> Bowling. <laughs> Bowling. It reminds me of the opening opening to, to Snooker. I've never seen... Well, actually, I, I have seen something like it. It reminded me of... of 2012 2013 Silverstone there was something very similar with a massive pile up at the opening straight but this was particularly weird to me because it was like Bottas it, it was beautifully targeted if if the goal was to to shunt another car to do maximum damage Bottas absolutely nailed it <laughs> and um, it, I, it was lucky he didn't take out Hamilton at the same time we're looking at the footage uh, I think Norris misses Hamilton by half a meter, less than that. So it was it was bizarre this scenario where all the cars sort of fly off and there's Hamilton just you know off in the distance. You know I would have loved to you know just to see what went through Hamilton's mind when he looked back and went, oh, look, there they all go, <laughs> peasants <laughs> crashing out, kill. Um, so yeah, Bottas, Bottas did his team a, a massive favor as it turned out. You know. One way to win the championship is ensuring that your biggest rivals just don't win or don't do anything. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I joke, I think Bottas's five grid pace penalty is a good call. I don't think causing that much damage um, in in the opening round should be let off with, you know, just accepting that they got themselves out of the race. You know, Bottas has said that he's going to live and learn. To be honest, he should be old enough to know that wet, you know, a wet race means you've got to be light on those brakes and you've got to make sure you don't outbreak yourself, mate. So, yeah, it was pretty heart-wrenching. Heart and then to top it all off, you know, I only got 86 points from my uh, Formula 1 fantasy. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how well that went from my predictions. Oh, I mean, sorry, just that, that sort of, like, that question of what do you think of yesterday's race? My brain is struggling to process so much of that, honestly. Hmm. Like, because... Can I just say as well, as a fun story, I was out for uh, some of us who I'm working with at the moment. We were sort of we were out for lunch with um, a couple of people we knew, and we were like, right, guys, let's get because three of us are F1 fans. I was like, right, guys, let's get back for the F1. We don't want to miss the start. Switched on the phone. It's raining. We're like, okay, we don't want to miss the start. Thank goodness we didn't miss the start um, <laughs> because, like, yeah, I like so much about that. By the way, once if this, this goes through it, Bottas. That contract is going to be in his email inbox in the next couple of days because yep. he has, I don't, he's literally taken out both cars in the other rival team and himself. Nonsense. Like, he's not I, getting it's, renewed. It's no, no, but it's absolutely, no, I mean, I say the renewed thing like semi jokingly, but it's actually mental how he's taken out. Yes, yeah. he took out, he took out third, fourth, fifth, and sixth in the world championship, <laughs> damaged, d- damaged, the, damaged the world championship leader. Um, in his, in his, like, well, to be fair, like, Leclerc was taken out by Stroll, but, yeah, I think it was just a perfect storm of, um, like, uh, obviously a wet track, hadn't been wet all weekend, um, like, unknown territory, like, different braking, um, distances going into the first corner. Also, that first corner is, like, seriously downhill. It doesn't really show it too massively well on the ca- on the TV camera. That is a downhill first corner. So, if anyone lo- was going to lock up in that weather, it would probably create like a like a pile up um but 
Yeah, I, I mean, to, to be fair, like, yeah, it's like, I think it was just a combination of the perfect factors. Stroll, I can't vouch for, because he just, like, he was being an idiot, just, like, going down the inside. <laughs> at this, and, and literally, at the, end, at the end of the day, it was down to luck in terms of who got through. Like, if you look on the replay, Ocon, Vettel, Sainz go out the inside, so they go straight through. But Gasly, who was fifth on the grid, and he made a good start, but he was on the outside. He didn't get taken out, but, like, in the end, he was, like, nowhere near. And I feel like if he'd been... Like near where Ocon was, he would have gone through and could have won that race. Um, but yeah, there's so much to process, honestly. Um, and we haven't even got onto what, honestly, an image that will live in my mind for years to come is the the post red flag restart. They all peel into the pits except for <laughs> Hamilton, and they've got a literal race start with one car on the starting grid, and, and Crofty just goes. Lights out and away we go. It's Lewis Hamilton only, and it's just like yeah. it's just put, it's like it was, it was after us we were just like we have no idea if he got a good start or not because he's yeah, on his exactly. own. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, he could yeah. have absolutely cocked it up. Well, he's, he, well, he's you know he, he started in first and he's retained first. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I can I ask a question about that? Sorry, we were one of my one of my friends who doesn't watch Formula One asked what would have happened if no one lined up on the grid because as as far as i'm aware pit lane gets released after the last car goes past if there is no one on the grid and lights out when do they start i i would i would say they just i would say they just play the lights because you still have i mean it sounds ridiculous you still have the medical car at the back of the grid so when the the medical car zooms off that's when the race but no like because there hasn't ever been a race in F1 history. Like, theoretically, if there's no cars on the grid, there's, like, no cars in the race, even though they're in the pits. <laughs> and there's never been a race in F1 history where there's been zero cars left. So I think they would have just gone with like They would have just gone with the pit lane start. I think they, you couldn't just be like, right, none of you are on the starting grid. That's it. Um, five laps <laughs> that's, in, that's, that's it. That's the thing, though. What would, exactly, what would have happened? It would have been really bizarre to see the five lights. The five lights go out, nothing happened. And then, like, 20 <laughs> yeah, seconds yeah. later, a little starting pistol goes off or something. <laughs> <laughs> also, to be fair, just finish my little segment here. Big up Esteban Ocon. I've, I've made comments, I think, on this podcast before about my, opinion, my opinions on his you potential have. and talent. I think I said that if he was beaten by Alonso this year, then he was finished. Um, but honestly, like he, le- he led for 65 laps yesterday. Um, mm. It was the first laps he'd read in any race since 2015 when he was like GP3 champion or F2 champion, I think. Um, so, and he held it together. Like Vettel was like obviously way more experienced. I'll give you a faster car. Um, yes, Vettel did have a slow pit stop, which cost him, and then he had a something to do with his fuel, you know, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Um, by the way, imagine if he was in first and got disqualified, the outrage there would have been. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Esteban Ocon held it together like phenomenally. Um, like, it's kind of mad that he won the race, but he actually like bossed it. He bossed it from the front. So fair, 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 fair play to him. Mm, I think this race has got to be an absolute misery compiler for Valtteri Bottas. Not only have you got uh, that five place penalty, which you're going to have to pick up after your summer break at Spa, you not only have Ocon, a former Mercedes Academy driver, winning the race, but George Russell scoring his first ever points in Formula One with that Williams car. <laughs> Although, funnily enough, he scored less than Nicholas Latifi, which is quite remarkable. Yeah. But hey, um, that is the nail in the coffin for Valtteri Bottas. I, I don't think he'll win a race this season. He's surely not racing for Mercedes next year. And I can't believe this. 
but Williams are eighth in the constructors' championship. I'm, I'm going to ask you the most outrageous question ever: Do you think they'll beat Alfa Romeo? Because currently they are. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. I mean, they've got. Yeah, I mean, they're sort of Alfa Romeo have a weird one because they have a car which at its high is a pretty high, but something goes wrong for them. Like yesterday. The, like Kimi uh, Raikkonen, I feel like he was in quite a good position in the points, but then he did that unsafe release. Or sorry, his team did the unsafe release, and then he got a penalty. Um, by the way, also you know, th- I completely forgot about this part. So Giovinazzi's pitted at the end of the formation lap. The first one's put on wets um, as like a gamble. But then if he if he doesn't pit, he's in like fifteenth on the grid, which based on where everyone else got to, could have translated to like fourth after the crash. <laughs> so again, it's just. I feel like Alfa Romeo just got like they got a good car, but they got luck against them. But honestly, Williams are on ten points, and Alfa Romeo on two. Those teams don't get in the points often. So that could be that could be enough already. I mean, I'm de- in touch wood. I'm definitely cursing it, but that could be enough already. I think for Williams. I agree. I feel like if even if they don't achieve any more, which obviously would be a shame, because I think you know they that in a way it's a sh- it's good to go into the break like this, but also it would be good to have a race now because they've got this excitement and this buzz you know that might be great to go straight into another race but anyway i think even if they don't score anything else that this is a solid haul of points it's not even like one they got 10 points nicholas latifi scored six points like it blows your mind (laughs) (laughs) and you know good for him good for george it it meant so much to them and it felt so good we as a fan base you know there's nothing there's not much that would make people happier at this time i think than the williams you know the underdogs the ones that everyone loves getting those points and big points and i think that it was such a special moment and obviously everyone felt it george was crying we were everyone was crying um and it, it they well so well deserved and even if this one was kind of given to them is the wrong word they fought hard nicholas latifi drove so well I think yep. that they need to get that credit. But even if it had just been given to them, it's about time. Do you know what I mean? They deserve points, whether it came out of this race or whether a different one. So, um, yeah, congrats to them. And, what, yeah, what an amazing achievement. I think... <sighs> Did you hear George's um, radio message saying, like, to sacrifice his oh, car yeah. for Nicky? Yes. Yeah, for me, <laughs> that is a man that does not care what happens this year because he has a seat <laughs> in Mercedes. I just... I'm no, I, th- I, th- I think I th- no. I just think his love for Williams is genuine. Actually, I think. No, he I agree. That, I agree yeah, on I, that. Well, it's a good Mercedes you... mentality, isn't it? It is. Please, he Hamilton, shows... go forward. Yeah, he has yeah. shown <laughs> in recent in this whole year or the whole time he's been in F one really that he is a team player. He is a leader. He is, you know, he's he, when he's when he's crashed out when his team caused him to retire because of problems in the pit stop. He went around and hugged them all. Do you know what I mean? Like George has proven that he is like the future of the sport, and I think that's and that that message, as you as you say, Angus, like it is for the love of the the team, and it shows that like he's someone that you want to assign. But I just think that it's gonna happen now. Like he's testing their twenty twenty two car this week in Hungary, and what don't you just think that's the perfect time for nice photographs to be taken of him in a suit? <laughs> ready for mm. posting <laughs> do you know what I mean it's just, mm, I'm gotta just, wait and find out I oh think God. that um, I was convinced that it was going to be um, at Silverstone I was absolutely convinced I was really annoyed when yeah. it wasn't <laughs> yeah. but it will I think be it'll soon. be at Spa I think it'll be at Spa because last time mm. they announced they announced that Bottas would be driving for them was it 19 to 2020 at Spa and obviously there's a huge gap where they're like oh not a lot to be doing. Might as well go and sort up the drivers type thing, you know, yeah. type the loose ends. But um, 
yeah, that was massive. And, you know, we'll probably talk about Alonso more in the next episode. I realise we're running out of time. But damn, I remember saying when he joined, ah, oh, Alpine are basically running with a broken leg. Because <laughs> Me of, too. You know, obviously, the injury he had. How wrong could I be? The man is actually mental. And it, it, it pains me that he's been away from the sport for so long after that awesome defence against Lewis Hamilton. That madman, honestly. So, unfortunately, that's all we have time for in this episode. Episode 15 of F1 in Review. But luckily, for us anyway, considering we took our own summer break, F1 summer break is just around the corner. We've got four weeks now to go and talk about the events that have happened, uh, such as the sprint qualifying at Silverstone, uh, a bit more in-depth about George Russell, uh, Esteban Ocon's first ever Formula 1 win, and, of course, the famous defence from the old teammate of Lewis Hamilton, uh, Fernando Alonso. We'll be talking about that and much more in the next episodes and then any juicy, interesting news about next season which comes up the week after that. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Nice. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah,